Hey, are you like us and trying to make your own podcast but aren't really sure where to get started? Well, when we first began, we didn't really know how to get our podcast out there to the hundreds of different podcast platforms. That's where Anchor comes in. Anchor is your one-stop shop for all things podcasting from start to finish. It allows you to record and edit your podcast and then when you're ready to publish, distributes it to a ton of podcasting platforms including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Once you've posted your episode, Anchor tracks listening across platforms and graphs your performance across countries, age groups and platforms. That's how we know that 4% of our listeners are in Hong Kong. If you're listening from Hong Kong right now, well, thank you. And Anchor is totally free. To get started, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. That's a n c h o r.fm to get started. Now back to the pod. Every player can be replaced. He was the club. The Malu takes any club. opportunity to remind us, huh? They start becoming these puppeteers, right? In the entire system. Oh. Baby. <laughs> Bebe, Bebe. The way they look at managers and the way they look at players as terms of investment is very different. He's a loose cannon, man. He's a total loose cannon. Everyone's helpless at the end of the day. A club that is losing their biggest player. Don't worry, you'll be good again in six years. He's a complete shitbag. He can't do anything about it. Hi guys, welcome to All About Sports, the podcast. You guys are joined by a regular host, Mazdar, Rishab, and myself, Shubham. Our previous episode, we discussed doping in sports um, and doping in, in the Olympics and different athletes who have doped uh, and their consequences in their career. Um, today's episode is going to be um, about football. Uh, and we will be discussing whether football players have become bigger than their club. Uh, today, we obviously have some, um, uh, not just today, we've always had world-class players who've had massive impacts on their clubs. But are, are, can those players be considered to be bigger than the club where they can uh, have crazy demands, where they can push the club to extremes? Uh, so that is what we'll be discussing today. Uh, one thing, like, we'll directly dive into this topic. And one thing which I personally feel is, um, uh, and especially, this has also been said by a lot of legendary managers, that it be Fergie, that it be Wenger, Mourinho, all of them in some interview or the other during the career, they have mentioned that no player is bigger than the club. This is a belief that all of them have had. In fact, even um, most recently, Ronaldo, of um, Real Madrid legend, and perhaps I don't think there will be any other player uh, whom, who would break his records. Whatever, you never know in the future, but as of now, it doesn't look like it. Even when he left the club, everyone was like, oh my God, Ronaldo is gone, and Real Madrid are nothing without him, and XYZ. And at that point in time, Sergio Ramos stood up and he was like, uh, he cryptically said that there's no player bigger than the club. Every player can be replaced and um, obviously there are fantastic players who come in, uh, who have a major impact, but then they go and then other players come in as well. And you, uh, I think one of the biggest examples is the Real Madrid Galactico era, where the entire squad was just full of world-class players. Uh, but after that also, Real Madrid did build another squad where they won three Champions League back-to-back. Back back. So again, it becomes a, a situation of... Um, I, I personally don't think there can ever be a situation where a certain one specific player or a group of players can be bigger than the club. But that is what we'll be discussing today. And uh, Mazar, what do you think about this? Do you think a single player or couple players can be bigger than a club? So Shubham, a uh, perfect example is Ronaldo. I think when it comes to is a player bigger than the club? And it brings up that debate perfectly. Now. With Ronaldo, things started before Real Madrid as well, right? 
it started with his time with Manchester United, where he really turned over a new leaf, became this this complete superstar, led United to winning the Champions League again after nine seasons uh, in 2008. Ferguson let go of him because, well, it came back to the fact that he said no player is bigger than the club and it was Ronaldo's dream to leave. Now, so you can't keep him against his wishes, obviously. And, uh, but he was so integral and important. But the show goes on. United still went on to continuously dominate, at least as long as Alex Ferguson was there. I Which think what we won that... two Premier League titles after Ronaldo as well. And we made it yes. to one Champions League final after. Exactly. The Malu takes is... any opportunity to remind us, huh? Any opportunity to remind us of this. <laughs> You, you, you specifically. I'm more than happy. I know. (laughs) (laughs) But, no, but coming back to that, basically, Sir Alex Ferguson proved that no player is bigger than the club because he was the club. And we see that now with Manchester United, how integral and important Sir Alex Ferguson was to their success. So, and he had a very uh, good statement that he made and he took it to the board when he was in charge and he said, no player should be paid more than the manager. And, well, we're seeing that change now. Players in Manchester United are getting paid more than Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Pogba is getting paid more. Uh, I believe De Gea is getting paid more. So, it's definitely becoming like that. And I think a lot of the agents are a reason for this commercialization and this money being such a big part of it that they don't care anymore. I think loyalty is slowly dying in football as well as we are seeing in I actually don't think loyalty exists anymore in football. Exactly. Exactly. So Gone are, go are, go are those times where you have a Giggs or a Scholes or a Lampard or a Terry. It's finished. Very rarely. Yeah, exactly. And, I, and the agents have to be blamed. I wouldn't even say commercialization so much so. But it's definitely the agents who are so money-hungry and power-hungry that they start manipulating the news. They start becoming these puppeteers, right, in the entire system. So, I'm not sure you can say players particularly have become bigger than the clubs. It's the situations around it that have made it the case. Uh, I don't know what your uh, what take uh, you guys have on it. But that's my take. Just one thing, Rishabh, sorry, just yeah. one thing before, yeah. before you say what you have to say. So, Mazan, you mentioned, uh, like Fergie said, that no player should be paid more than the manager. Now, here we are talking about Fergie, who was basically in charge for 27 years, perhaps the greatest manager of all time. Now, today we have Solskjaer. And we have players like Pogba, World Cup winner. He's won everything with UA. You have David De Gea, World Cup winner. I think Euro's winner as well, won, won everything, uh, pretty much everything with United. As compared to uh, Solskjaer, what has he won? He's won nothing, right? So, in a situation like that, when we're talking about salary, how do you justify telling a World Cup world-class player that we can't pay you more than, like, say, for example, hundred thousand pounds because your manager is getting that much salary? Who's won nothing? So, again, like, just because I understand, yeah, I understand and I agree with that. But who put the ball in the Germans' net in 1999? Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was. The integral or rather rather the most important piece to that puzzle when Manchester United won three trophies and achieved that unimaginable treble, right? The only English club to have done it. What I'm trying to say is, 
it's obviously there is no comparison in terms of how what they've achieved as players but if you are managing and handling players the biggest players in one of the biggest clubs in the world i think that directly or rather it's a given that they should be better paid and they are the biggest person in that club at the end of the day it's up to solskjaer if he wants to say dahia no you sit down dean henderson is going to play what can dahia do he can't do anything about it so i mean he can throw a tantrum and then the same pogba sort of situation can can happen where the agent comes and makes such utterly shameful statements but uh but i also think that, that also right yeah and, and shubham that comes back to ozil right it's the uh, ozil's another example of that where well whatever the stand is uh, there's political agendas involved in that for the certain things that ozil has said and done maybe that's at the back no one really knows the actual story but ozil's not playing uh, even though he's still one of the better players in that side arteta took the call he's not playing so so i want to push back a little bit on this and and here's what i what i will say because i actually really enjoyed this era of um players having so much power and i think we, we're making a slight difference i don't think players have become i mean there are firstly it's, it's a small sampling of players let's there's a small sampling of players that potentially are bigger than the manager not the club and i think and, and management they've gotten way more power over the manager and management than we've seen in the past and personally I I am a big fan of it because managers and management especially if you're in a situation of poor management typically players have not had a lot of power to do really much about it but in this current environment players have a lot more power to instigate their own moves instigate their own motions to a different club now agents are a different question agents are irresponsible i'm not going to talk so much about agents because i do feel agents are a little more responsible and a little more um it is possible with even making decisions that might not be in be in their players best interests uh but make like some boisterous statement that causes trouble for their for their team so i think one thing one thing to keep in mind is just at the end of the day i do believe that the most valuable asset to a team is largely especially on the, some of the larger teams is their biggest player i want to take the example of ronaldo um ronaldo at juventus right when ronaldo moved to juventus um i know there are a few different aspects by which we can look at big up but i want to look at why ronaldo is i'm i'm pretty sure i need to confirm this but is probably paid for sure more than their coach uh, pirlo right now the impact of ronaldo on juve's finances in the 24 hours after ronaldo joined juventus between july 10th and july 11 Juve's various you know whatever their social media accounts were were boosted by more than 2.2 million followers um their 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 instagram followers rocketed from 9.8 million to 33.5 million um even their even their tv rights and things like that um while they don't well you know the tv right contracts are kind of agreed beforehand but if there is an increase in subscribers or business results they would get an extra 150 million euros and increase their tv deal to you know 1.4 million so they get 150 million euros more um in terms of ticket sales within 72 hours of ronaldo's unveiling um at turin they sold out 20 or uh, 29 uh, 29300 seasonal tickets within 72 hours even though there was a 30% hike in the ticket sales 
um, for that season. So my point is, players from a revenue perspective are generating far more attention than a manager, barring some exceptional cases, barring maybe a Jose Mourinho, barring maybe a Pep Guardiola. So financially, they are the biggest drivers of impetus and financial boost into um, into a sport. Even kid deals, for example. So the way kid deals work is, I know there is a bit of a fallacy that you know uh, shirts pay for the transfer. That may not be true, but they do lead to an increase in shirt sales, which at least a percentage of which goes to the club. A, a large percentage of it just stays with the manufacturer or whatever the kit manufacturer is, but um, a percentage of it goes to the club. So I actually do enjoy and um, I quite enjoy seeing players get more and more power because revenue wise they are the biggest contributors even if they may not be the primary decision makers on what is happening in the game um, which is why I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see these cases where players are getting as, as much as they are honestly. So, uh, Krishna, I think you perfectly summarized everything around Ronaldo and the time he moved to Juventus. And the proof is his salary is $70 million for the year. Uh, his net worth is $500 million. Uh, Juventus, the value of the team before Ronaldo's acquisition was $0.81 billion. Post his acquisition, it doubled nearly to $1.51 billion. And then you properly put that into perspective. So, yes, there are exceptions. And those are, again, exceptional cases where those players are so big and definitely bigger than the club because they've created that brand value for themselves. Ronaldo being one, Messi being another. I feel like even Zlatan Ibrahimovic has done it to a certain point. So, definitely agree with you on that. But it it's a con- it's a general basis thing, right, as well. And, and, I and also, so, because you were mentioning managers and players, also, if you think about it, I also think from the board or from the club owner's perspective, the way they look at managers and the way they look at players as terms of investment is very different. A player, when they sign, other than the fact that sometimes it's a huge transfer fee, what the fee might be? Players are generally given a five to six year contract because the management or the board or the owners have that much sort of belief that this is the amount of investment we can do in a player and this is what we expect in return. How many managers are giving five, are given five or six year contracts? You hardly find managers who get those sort of contracts. So I also feel like just based on the structure uh, of a manager's contract deal as compared to a player's, uh, it feels like managers do not, they have like, they, they do not have an upper hand over the player. There are very few managers who have the sort of backing. Uh, in today's game, probably you can think of Klopp, um, Pep, who might have 100% backing. Uh, how many other managers are left in the game who have that sort of back? Uh, so, I also feel it's got a lot to do with the board, the management and the owners. Correct. I, I, I completely I completely agree with that. I think a good example of that was, I think, Dimitri Paye at um, at West Ham. I remember, I, I remember, I can't remember when it was, maybe about two or three seasons back. But it became pretty clear, I think, sometime in his second season where he, he made it, he, he wasn't willing to play for West Ham. And there was just a complete deadlock. And Slavin Bilic was caught in between this crossroads between management and the player where the, where the management is kind of like, no, no, you got to convince him to play. You have to convince him to come back here and play. You have to convince him to come back here and play. And Dimitri Payet was not willing to play. He wanted to leave West Ham and head back to France. And I do agree that managers sometimes do get caught in this crossroads between management um, and the player. So I do admit 
manager power is becoming smaller and smaller as there are because I also think management is expanding um, in football. We're getting more like director of football positions. There are more intermediate positions, more strategic positions in management in football that are being added in that are diminishing the power of the manager. And another thing is immediate, like you said, Malu, um, the immediate expectations are now very high from managers. Very few teams are now willing to go, yeah, we're willing to give you five years to develop this squad. You've got to figure it out in two to three years. The reason I believe on average, I don't think players have more power than, than teams um, is because I think so much of what a team is now is actually defined by management. See, football, unlike say a basketball, is an 11-man 11 11-man sport. Even Messi, who is the best player, I, you know, I argue the best player in the world, um, has some reliance on 10 other people. He can't bring the ball up from the back. He does not bring the ball up from the back. Um, so in an 11-man team, even the person who is the best or the greatest may not have as much individual control over the, um, over the entire organization. The second thing I think is important to consider is where is the club on its trajectory, correct? If you look at, say, a Dimitri Paye in Marseille, if you look at a Jack Grealish in Aston Villa, when you look at, let's say, an Aubameyang when he was at St. Etienne, in situations like that, players start to become bigger than the club because it's a really small club and they're obviously players who are much, um, in terms of value, are starting to be looked at by clubs. It's also in terms of ambition. Time. Correct. It, it Correct. also becomes ambition. Correct. That sometimes the player's ability is so much more that yeah. the club that they're currently playing at, they can't cope up. They don't have the same group of elite players around that one individual player. So it becomes ambition also. Correct. So I think that's a situation where it becomes more of a question, right? Like I think maybe, you know, Ross Barkley's last year at Everton, it was very apparent that his value is far exceeding the team. And that's when a player starts to get more power, a player starts to get more, um, more, um, more sane to what they can do. So I think it, it also depends a little bit on the trajectory of the club potentially. And, and you know, it's interesting that you mentioned how so, uh, sometimes it is about um, the player questioning the ambition of the club as against his own. So I remember, uh, I, might be com I might be a little wrong in this, but I think it was Fergie who in one of his interviews, uh, if Fergie would have still been at United, uh, I don't think Rooney would have been at United. I think Fergie was ready to sell Rooney. Because I think one of his interviews, he did mention that Rooney's questioning Manchester United's ambitions. Because I think City at that point in time had influxed a lot of money and I think Rooney's head was turned and stuff like that. Uh, had Fergie been in, been in charge, uh, he would have probably shown Rooney the door. But that wasn't the case when Moyes came in. So that, that I think, just ties back to the fact that if there's a strong manager in charge who has everything under control and, and has grips of the club, then there's no player who can mess around. Uh, or Otherwise, then you can always have like a Pogba or a, or a Rooney at that point in time or um, whichever player, whenever, who can always, like, you know, push their weight around a little bit. Yeah, which actually now brings me back to one main thing. We've not discussed the agents and what sort of influence or in terms of the monetary values of influence that they bring to these players, right? We know for a fact that Pogba has made some absolutely ridiculous statements, but he's not the first one to do it, saying that it's his dream to play at, for Real Madrid. Ronaldo did it. He's not hated by most United fans. Pogba's getting a lot of uh, flack for it because he firstly, of course, he's not performed to the levels we know he's capable of on a consistent basis. So that's one reason why he's got a lot of hate and a lot of slack for it. But uh, 
it comes back to his agent being the biggest pain in the ass for most fans and any football fan in general, right? Because he literally makes him seem much bigger than he is. No doubt. I, I, I'm a big fan of Pogba as a player. I think he's fantastic. He definitely makes any team better. But when you behave like this and when your agent goes around passing statements like he's done it for this club and it's going to be hard to sell him in January because he's such a big player. So he'll mostly go next year. On the eve of the biggest game of their season at that point in time when they had to play their Champions League do-or-die game against RB Leipzig. It's it's just absolutely... At that point, even the club or someone of... No matter whose stature, let's say even if it was a Pep Guardiola in that case, they're helpless, right? So, those certain attributes of certain agents just make it so ugly and make it so much harder for a team to recover from that that you can't help but think that the players become bigger than the club. Now, I just wanted to also mention a few things about Mino Raiola, who is Pogba's agent. Well, he's uh, got 72 big clients. He earned $70.3 million in commissions in 2019. He has negotiated contracts worth $703 million. He has his own agency firstly, the Mino Raiola agency. And just some of his clients, Paul Pogba, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, Erling Braut Haaland, Mario Balotelli, fine, forget about him now. Mikitarian, I mean, again, you're selling these players' stocks, right? Based on the, those one or two seasons, golden seasons they had at their previous clubs. Matthias Dielit, well, we've just seen him. After he's gone to Juventus, he's just been on the downward curve instead of upward. Um, Romelu Lukaku, Moisekin, Marco Verratti, can go on and on about the names. Uh, United was very disappointed when uh, Jesse Lingard went ahead and signed with Mino Raiola. Uh, there were some sta- I think statements. Left, I think he's left him since then. I think he left him since Is that the case? That Great. I think... I think that's I think he's now being managed by his family. Oh, that's fantastic. But because I United were not too happy about that. Especially being a Mank boy, they did not like the fact that he had signed up with Mino Raiola. So, uh, there's also one more example that I have, in fact. And that is Jorge Mendes. Now, Jorge Mendes, for all those who don't know, is Cristiano Ronaldo's agent. But he's not the only player under him. And... Um, he earned $118 million in sports agent commissions last year. He has even more clients than Mino Raiola. He's negotiated was the big for... one before Raiola, I believe. Yes, yes, he was. Definitely. He, I mean, Ronaldo is what he is because of Jorge Mendes at the end of Absolutely. the day. Uh, he negotiated that sly contract to bring Di Maria to United. So, he's a great businessman. He's not made too many of these... Dude, he got Bebe to United. To... He sold Fergie on Bebe. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I had no idea about that. Yeah, but you just he was look Bebe's at agent. Shit, man! How? Oh my God! Look where Ronaldo and look where Bebe is. <laughs> man, you can literally respect man. Just, Mendes, respect. I think. I think. I think that 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 could perhaps be a great example of just uh, agent power. The fact that he had exactly. that much power and influence at a club that he could sell someone like Bebe 
So you can imagine right. what they can do with no, world class players. My point, right? So I just feel that all of these. I I especially feel that a primary factor for why players are considered bigger than the clubs are because of the influence of agents now. Agent power is so big that everyone's helpless at the end of the day. Like I said, right? Mino Raiola comes out, makes such a statement. What can anyone do? You can't have and Manchester United coming out and making a statement saying Paul Pogba is our player. After that, you've lost the faith of everyone already. So, and there's there's one thing very interesting that I'd like to add, especially about Mendes and Mino Raiola that you mentioned. Both these um, uh, agents at, and I'm just talking specifically about United because I know a lot more as compared to other clubs. If you guys have any examples, please please add in. Uh, but both these agents at certain times have had a lot of their clients playing for United. So when you have multiple players playing for one club, you automatically get that much more of a command or a foothold of that club, and you can sort of dictate the terms. For example, Mino Raiola at a point had Pogba, Ibrahimovic, Lukaku, Mkhitaryan, all four starting eleven players playing for United. Uh, Mendes at a point had Ronaldo, Nani, Anderson. Uh, then later on he had Falcao, Angel Di Maria. Uh, Bebe. <laughs> Bebe, Bebe. So he had all these world-class starting eleven players in the United uh, 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 team. So obviously, when you have that much clout and that much uh, investment that a club has done into players, and you're managing those players, so like Mazar said, um, uh, agents can perhaps dictate terms to the clubs, and uh, maybe they can make their clients believe that guys, we can pull the shots. We are the bigger ones here. We have got nothing to lose, and maybe that can turn the heads of players. No, that I I I have to concede to that point. I do think that agents have given um, players a sense of self-importance where they believe that they can they can be primary decision makers um, in their future and go against the contract. And I think that's where the issues kind of get highlighted when there is a lack of professionalism on the part of the player and the part of the agent is when we kind of get reminded on it. But I like that you compared those two, Mazar, because. In a lot of instances, we saw Jorge Mendes' clients, at least Cristiano Ronaldo, for example, there has been a level of professionalism he has showed in his entire career. Whether or not he's gotten what he's wanted, he has performed. We've known for a while, even at Real Madrid, he had some issues with Fiorentina Perez. He performed at his highest level the entire time he was there. I think another good example is you know someone like a Christian Eriksen. Right? Christian Eriksen very apparently made it clear to his, his club he wanted to leave. And his club did right by him. And got him got him a good opportunity at Inter Milan. Now it's not worked out, but it's what he wanted. It's what in the club made it work for him. I think what's changed now is that there are players who have who will not give. The problem is, I think there are certain players and certain agents who have convinced their players that they don't have to give their club time at all. The moment they feel they are unhappy, they should be allowed to leave. And obviously, that is not a situation that, frankly, most clubs can work out. Because most clubs aren't able to get back a transaction in such a you know short span of time that sometimes a player expects or not. So that I completely admit where there are certain agents who have inflated the head of of the player, and we only see that it seems to inflate itself and look larger than it is because players are the voices we hear the most, right? I don't really, I'm not really following. There are not so many people following, um, you know, like. Agent. Agents, no one's following agents or even managers' Twitters or even like um, Ed Woodward's Twitter as much as as many people who would be following Paul Pogba's Twitter. So the truth is, their voice in the in the ethosphere is very loud, but at the end of the day, I still feel like their decision-making power is is higher than it used to be because of agents. 
but still low compared to management management and, and just one thing about uh, the mendes and raiola comparison uh, that mazhar mentioned and that you mentioned krishnan i think both these guys although they have uh, they they've had and they still continue to have a big presence and power in the game of football i think mendes and his clients have always conducted themselves very well the only one client of his who i have my doubts about was angel di maria but other than that every single client conducted themselves professionally and so has mendes i've never heard mendes come out and make like random statements in the press bullshitting about a club or saying how his players unhappy but raiola is just like i remember forgi said in one of his interviews he's a complete shitbag and i think that is what he is he's a loose cannon man he's a total loose cannon he needs to get his twitter account like taken away from someone else should manage it uh, now that you mentioned mino raiola again i just wanted to bring up one player who i feel no matter what he does somehow just gets away with it right and that's latan ibrahimovic now he's definitely at least once he's gone to milan he's proven that he's i i i'm figuratively bigger than the club right milan pretty much didn't have much of a standing before he joined and he's become this absolute maverick in front of goal He's this is his second spell at Milan, right? Yeah, it is. Second, yep. So, might even be third. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> I'm not sure, but he's been to so many clubs now, and all the top clubs that we've lost track only. But the point is, uh, his net worth is one ninety million dollars. Now, okay, net worth is separate. He has his sponsorship deals. He has all of that. He's the king of Sweden in a lot of ways, um, but. Uh, he's just such a positive influence in general even he he was liked at united as well he didn't leave on bad terms with the club it was his injury that was that what sort of forced him out of the club if someone like zlatan i know he's cocky and all but he does it for the fun of it right um he's he says certain things because he likes to garner that media attention he's he likes to be in the limelight basically but again he's another player who backs it up he's performed even with united yes his conversion rate was utterly dismal he still got 20 plus goals for the club he's doing incredibly well in the serie a he's the leading goal scorer right now what i'm trying to say is even he's a mino raiola client if there were he's always given 100% on the pitch like you said and this this is where i think Paul Pogba has really been a letdown for a lot of people. That I think too many things affect Pogba mentally, and I think that mindset of his has also led to people thinking that he's become bigger than the club. Uh, I don't think so much so that it's necessary that it's only like on Mino for coming out and making such statements, but those statements have affected him also. Then. No, no. I, I, I think that's a good point, and I think it, it, it pivots into a good, a, a good point of, is the player bigger than the club? So we talked a little bit about, you know, the financial sense, and then the attention that they draw to the club. But how much impact do you think players have in terms of the image of the club, and second, the style of football of the club? I do think the, 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 the area that they start to have the highest impact is actually the image of the club. that's the thing that 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 takes the biggest hit i think united's taken you know may, might have taken a bit of a of a hit because of that because like we mentioned their voice is bigger than probably any other player in terms of style of football of the club i think they have very little impact because the manager conducts anything but the 
the thing that do, they do affect, even if it's not mis- maybe style, is success of the team, morale of the team, confidence of the team. We've noticed in so many instances when your biggest player is the player willing, wanting to leave, trying to pressure their team to leave, the entire morale of the team is decreased. And very, very rarely do you see a team in that situation being phenomenally successful. But do you, do you actually feel, Christian, like even some of the biggest teams, like they, or, or, for example, Ronaldo, he left United, United still won. He left Real Madrid, Real Madrid still won La Liga. Okay, they've not won the Champions League, but they've also gone through a major overall. But, they, but I, I don't personally feel like, okay, maybe if a big player leaves, it can have an impact. Like, for example, Ronaldo leaving Real Madrid, you don't have a striker who get, gets you 50 goals a season. But does it really make that much of a difference in terms of the success of the club as a whole, in terms of competing, winning trophies? I think every player can be replaced or the style of the, uh, the, the way they play football tactically can be changed so that maybe that player uh, is not needed anymore because they've changed the way they play football now. So, yeah, that, that is just the thought I have. Like, I don't, I don't feel uh, there's ever a time where a certain player leaves the club and the, and the club is screwed up. You can always find a replacement or change the way you play football. No, th- th- that I completely agree. I completely agree. See, style of football, I actually think the player, even when they're there, they don't impact so much because the manager really determines that. Like, Ronaldo has played. Like, when he plays with Mourinho, he plays Mourinho's system. He plays Sari, he plays Sari's system. Um, so, so that, I totally, that, that I totally agree. Replaceability becomes harder at the, at the highest rungs, right? I think a Messi, Ronaldo, even potentially a Neymar, replaceability becomes pretty hard. Um, but but I do agree that um, yes, most teams. What would caveat is most teams in the rung of Man United, Real Madrid, PSG, Barcelona can recover. Teams in the rung of even say an Arsenal may not have ever oh, recovered from losing point. Thierry Henry. You know, it depends on the rung you're in. It depends on which bracket of you know, um, that's a great point. Mega that's teams are in. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. and I think we have the perfect example also. Sheffield United. They have not changed their team whatsoever. They just lost Dean Henderson, their goalkeeper. Their style of play hasn't changed. Nothing has really changed barring their goalkeeper. But what went wrong? No one really knows, right? So is so then it gets you wondering, was Dean Henderson that important or integral in goal? Where they just had such a chemistry in their like with their back four plus the keepers of five, or was it? Is there something else that has influenced it? Right, to win just to have not won a game till date in the Premier League this season is crazy. So, uh, Krishna, I think you're absolutely right with Malati. I think a counter example to that could be like for example Leicester. Leicester now compared to the big four, big six aren't that big. But they have over the years lost Mares, they have lost Maguire, and who was that centre mid they lost? Kante. Uh, Kante. 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 Yeah. And they are still playing very well. Uh, but they're not they winning the league, Shubham. Well. But that they're not winning, winning the league. league. Was, winning the league was a freak, man. That, but, that, that, but, was, that was impossible. Yeah. Whatever, but it, it, they were significant and crucial, crucial parts to maintaining that consistency. I think, I think like last season also. Last season, I think till before Christmas or even like after New Year's, they were in in places for the top four. Uh, so they, they have consistently for the over, They have consistently after winning the league also performed, even though they have lost big players. So yeah, yeah. that again, I think it is like a counter example to what you said. So you can look at it yeah, in both yeah. ways, I guess. 
Yeah, I, I, yeah, and I think that comes back to what Krishnan said, right, about the management. Uh, yeah. And that's why uh, maybe the management will always be bigger uh, than the club. Yeah. So I think now to wrap up, my my say is that I don't think there's any player bigger than the club. I don't think there's any player who can't be replaced. I don't think there's any player who can have such a big impact in the club where once he leaves or he forces a move out, the club uh, can't achieve anything or can't be successful. This is my my closing words. What do you guys have to say? No, I agree. For any for any club that is losing their biggest player, don't worry, you'll be good again in six years. <laughs> have faith. I do agree with that. I I definitely think any team can recover. The onus is a little bit on management to to stay the course, stay focused, and yeah, you can definitely get back to a good spot. Yeah, I definitely have to agree. Historically, also we've always seen it from the times of Beckham to now. Uh, anyone can be replaced, no matter even if they are two of the greatest players. We'll know about how. I mean, Barcelona is already struggling, right? So we'll see about what happens to Barcelona post Messi as well. But yeah, I'm definitely on board with you guys. Uh, no players bigger than the club. It's just figuratively that they are. The the only one interesting thing is commercially and specifically for two players, Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi. When Ronaldo leaves Juventus or Messi leaves Barcelona. The sort of commercial impact, I don't think there's any player who could uh, uh, match that or who could even come close to that. So in that aspect, yeah, it, uh, you could say that this player meant everything to the club. Uh, but saying that they're bigger than the club, according to me, is, is a little far-fetched. But that is uh, what we guys think. And to all our listeners tuning in and to all our viewers, uh, please let us know uh, um, your thoughts uh, about this topic in the, in the description below. Uh, follow us on all our social media platforms. Uh, we are also available on different uh, podcast platforms. Uh, so wherever you guys want to uh, either tune in and listen to us or watch our video, please do so. Like, share, comment and subscribe. And we'll be back again next week with another video. Till then, bye.